Three, two, one. All right, we're live, Roy. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, man. My legs are shaking from this morning. We did late day squats. Um, just getting back into it. You know, sometimes you run into little nicks and injuries, so you can't do all the squats you want to do. But this day, today, I finally got to do it again. Um, I love squatting, but it sucks too. <laughs> it yeah. takes your air right from you, man. Yeah, it's like doing cardio at the same time, man. Gasping for air. Yeah, especially when you're doing power sets and we don't take more than like a minute or a minute and a half break. You know, when you're doing reps of six and four and you're not taking that long of a break, it gets really, really hard really quick. Especially when you start reaching the threes <laughs> mm -hmm. for high reps. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I was at, I was only at 305 today, though. I feel like I should have probably been at. 345, 355. I think that's where I should be. Yeah, I was only at 275. Probably gonna get 295. Yeah, exactly. But you are at 275, and I was at 305, and I went, you know, not 100 pounds more than you. What is it, 70? Something like that. Yeah, 70 pounds more than you. So, I mean, I, I think I should be doing a lot more. And I've been also squatting longer than you. So, yeah. I think that I gotta get on my game a little better. I don't Let know. A little up, booty. Man. I know, man. Yeah, so did you catch any of those fights this weekend that we talked about, man? Yeah, man. It looks like we were a little booty in picking the uh, winners. Well, not, well, for only one of them, really. Well, no. Two. Main event. Technically, I mean, they gave Figueredo his belt, but they draw. It was a draw. It was a draw. What do you think? The main event. What do you think about the main event? Um, it was good. I think that, obviously, Figueredo wins if he doesn't kick him in the nuts. Or, or foul him. What did he do? What did, he, did he get in trouble for the nut yeah, kick? He got in trouble for the nut yeah, kick, right? Yeah, so he, he kicked him in the balls, and apparently this dude was on the ground for a hot minute, <laughs> coughing his balls up. <laughs> um, and he still got back in there and fought the rest of the fight, and I think that happened in the third round. But he also got hurt in the fifth round. The Figueredo guy? No. No, the Moreno. Yeah, he got pooped on. His arm. He, oh, I yeah. The post yeah, what do, you think, what do you think happened They to thought him? he broke his arm, but he said it was something in his shoulder. So, so maybe he popped it out. He definitely popped it out then. That's why it was, yeah, it was hanging really weird. Fighting. That's they why they were it was like, why weird. did you slow down in the last round? You know, you know, it was had to happen close. You know, you got to have right. And you know you're not the champion. You know? Right. You're going to go give it to the champ. So yeah. it's not he wanted to, but he couldn't. He, was, he literally could not throw. That's crazy, man. Yeah, he got... It was a great fight. Um, I knew that guy was going to give him a problem, though. I told you. I didn't think it was going to be that. No, that I thought Figueredo was definitely going to. I thought it was going to be a good fight, but not to be But like once a draw, again, man. without the point deduction, Figueredo wins. Just saying. <laughs> Just saying. So what, what do you think happens on the rematch then? Because you know that's happening. Um, well, we will see who's really a champion then. Because Figueredo really had an easy easy path but he really dominated everybody he fought up until yeah. that one so we'll see and Brandon Moreno is not a big name but they're also these uh, flyweights man they're tiny guys 125 guys I can't, yeah I, bro. My mind, bro. Small I, I, you, bro. I would have to drop weight to be able to get to that that's crazy yeah I think you could definitely fight it that way but still <clears throat> it'd be rough to get there yeah, it'd be rough. No more Taco Bell, no more, no more Chick-fil-A. Yeah, a lot of cardio, too. I yeah, you spoke, I mean, since you're legit and trainer and manager now, you know, you definitely got to watch your diet and not be fat. Nah, never so, fat. Man. Never fat, bro. <laughs> That's the old thing. Moderation, moderation, yeah. always. 
So you also had that uh, Tony Ferguson and um, that was the Charles Oliver part. The disappointment of the night. <laughs> Roy always picks. Roy always picks these guys that um, hey, are battle wounded. I did. I thought Ferguson was gonna win. I'm not gonna yeah. lie. I'm not gonna lie. I thought Ferguson was gonna win. But you always pick these guys who are like battle wounded. Like oh, I, I want like to see. I want to see him come back to like win. Yeah. Doesn't, man. I love an underdog story. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, you didn't pick an underdog in the last fight, Junior Dos Santos. Bro, Kevin Holland, that... Oh, yeah, I to- I picked Kevin Holland. Didn't, didn't you pick Kevin Holland? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, bro, he's nasty. Yeah, you got to watch that fight. If you didn't watch didn't that fight, watch you got to watch it. Man. I watched the Hooper one. That was, like, the very first fight of the night. That little, uh, Chase Hooper. 20-year-old. <laughs> Brother, he was kicking, getting his he legs kicked yeah, on. Yeah, he getting beat. <laughs> He was. Was submission. He's really good on the he's ground. He's good on the ground. He yeah, needs, he he needs he to needs. be he needs to get stronger and he needs to get faster yeah. and he and he, he needs, needs to learn how to take it. it to the ground. If you're gonna be one dimensional like that, dude, you can't dude, like, okay, you wanna put out that you can stand and bang cool, but do it so that when they think you're standing and banging you can just take them down. Like don't do it to get pooped on. <laughs> he can't stand up though. He, last two fights he's gotten rocked. I know, both the, I know because he tri- he tries to. Yeah, I know he's but pretty... no, he, he gotta get he's slow. More on he's very slow. Yeah, he gotta work on his upper game more, man. Cause he's obviously good down down low because he just went yeah. for crazy left. Uh, uh, arm bars and all all this other stuff all the time. Yeah, man. It's, it, I don't I don't know, man. So, oh, by the way, what we did skip over just now with that Ferguson fight is how did Tony not tap on that arm bar? He's just a boogeyman. Dude, he's a cucuy. Coño. Anybody, you you gotta have respect for that guy, bro. It's, but I, I just think it's it's almost that time to hang it up. I think he's beat up, man. Yeah. He's taking a lot of punishment. Well, sometimes that there's always that one fight that takes that out of a fighter. I don't think he's not. You know, he can't fight anymore. He's obviously mentally there. He's obviously mentally there. Yeah, yeah. It's like why at this point, man? You know, like yeah, he's never had the real, you know, belt. I think well, he has had the belt. It's just not not well. Khabib had a really long layoff, and he got the interim belt. But Khabib was gone for so long. Like I mean, that was the lightweight belt at the time. He was he had the lightweight belt for a while. And then he lost the guy. And Justin I just Gage. don't see him beating Khabib. I don't see him beating be, uh, all these other guys. No, no, not if um, he just got controlled really big time by um, Charles Oliveira on yeah. the ground. So seeing that, there's no way he would beat Khabib so because why? as soon as Khabib takes him down, it's over. Yeah, exactly. So it's that's, over. Uh, that's why I don't think. Because if he can't get off the bottom from Charles Oliveira, don't get me wrong. Like I said, I told you before. The only time he was actually in trouble was with that armbar. I mean, he was getting hit. He was getting, but he wasn't like beat up like, like Gaethje beat his oh, ass. Oh no! You know, he wasn't getting pooped on. He was just like getting in these positions that literally he could not get out of. He was just getting crushed. Like the guy was just like, "Oh, I'm gonna put your legs over your head and then punch you in the face a couple of times." And they were talking trash like, "I'm gonna submit you." That's why they were all trying to do submissions. Both yeah, nah, but, nobody's gonna submit anybody. That that other guy though, I told you Charles Oliveira is a beast yeah, on the ground. Yeah, I told he got you. my respect. He's now. a beast. That was definitely the fight. To That's what he was always known for, and then it, it, he would wilt under pressure. But he put on a lot of pressure. I I would really like to see, like, cause B, could be you know great wrestler, but he's he's getting better with his stand up and his pressure and his stand up. But and who knows? Could be might only have one fight left, so I'm sure it's not gonna be Charles Oliveira. But Charles Oliveira versus Khabib, like that would be. So watching what Oliveira did, that would be awesome to watch. I just want them to announce it already. Who's gonna be his last fight? I know they're not. Oh, gonna they're not gonna. T- they're not gonna tell you till it's ready. Yeah. Listen, they're they're trying to find everybody. They're probably trying to get GSP 
they're trying to probably trying to get um, you know anybody who's gonna be like that's the high end that's, that's what you would see because he already said not Connor, not any of these guys is already fought. right. So I think I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be um, GSP. If I had a guess, like well, well, who who's some other fighters you think it could be? Why would GSP fight him though? That just makes no sense, man. Like I would love to see that, but. I, I don't I don't think he takes that fight. If he's smart, man, I don't take that fight. Well, I mean, the reason I say GSP is only because of his dad. His dad wanted him to um, fight GSP because his dad thought GSP was the best ever. So if he beat GSP, that he would be the best ever. True. Just saying. I'm just saying. He might do it to honor. He might try to do that to honor his dad, but... The thing is, is that GSP can't fight at 150. That's like really small for him. GSP's a big dude. So I'm thinking it would have to be at like 165. And I don't know how. I mean, Khabib barely makes 155. So it might be better for him. I don't know. But it would definitely be hard on St. Pierre. So I don't know. He would have to slow down putting all that weight on, man. I don't know. We'll see, man. We'll see. But yeah, that's that's all it has to do with the UFC. So now... um. We were uh, we were thinking about what to do for this next podcast, and we wanted we were thinking that we have so many questions that we get on a weekly basis, even a daily basis, from clients, from uh, just people who follow our Instagram pages that DM us, like, oh, what's going on with this, or you know, ask questions when um, through our stories and stuff about what we're doing. Um, so we decided that we would put those questions and answer them through our podcast instead of going just individually to everybody who's because I'm sure that everybody a lot of these questions other people are going to have like you know um, the same type of question I can maybe answer it so they don't even have to you know have that question anymore so yeah everyday questions basically you know yeah typical fitness questions man that uh, people need to understand so um (laughs) what's uh Let's let's start it off, man. Yeah, so um, we won't be naming no names out there, but uh, <laughs> one, one of the first questions we had was, "What do you do once you reach a plateau, uh, like your a ceiling, you know? And what? But you're trying hard to increase your strength. Like you're adding weight, all this weight, but you're still not seeing any any improvement." All right, so a plateau that means that we need to start doing something different. So. In order to continually grow, you have to progressively overload your system, right? You got to create different stimulus to your muscles, and that goes through um, increasing or minimizing your rest, uh, increasing or decreasing reps, increasing weight, and also um, uh, uh, increasing time under tension. So, for instance, like let's say that you're on the barbell flat bench and you hit uh you hit 295 but can't get over that 300 or you hit 305 but you can't get to that three plates at 315 yet and you're like man i really want to get to that three plates and it just seems like it's too hard for you and you can't you get to your chest and only get so far and then you can't push it no more and then you need someone's help to bring it up you know something like that if you're at a plateau like that you know with your strength you would definitely need to First of all, start working different areas of the chest. You know, you got incline bench, you got decline bench. So create different stimulus to grow muscles other than just that specific overall chest exercise on the flat bench. You know, grow 
specifically work on your upper chest, specifically work on your lower chest, you know, um, chest flies, you know, different things, even single arm presses or, you know, uh, uh, dumbbell floor presses where you're pressing the dumbbells from the floor, which where the dumbbells start in that sticking position where you usually get stuck when you're, when you're failing, right? So you can do that. And um, as you're going through, like, let's say you've been doing, let, let's check where your rep ranges are. If you've just been doing sets of 10 or you've just been doing sets of one and you're just powerlifting, we got to change it up. So now we got to do maybe, if you're doing sets of 10, maybe we got to go to a sets of eight or six, you know what I'm saying? And we'll do like three or four of them. And specifically focus on that workout, go up a little bit of weight because it is um, lower reps. And all this creates new stimulus to the muscle. All this allows the muscle to develop more because it's doing something different now. And let's say that, oh, I can't increase weight. Even if I like go down reps, like from 10 to eight reps isn't a lot, but everything else you're good with, all the rest of your workouts you're good with in the eight rep range, but not bench. Um, instead of going down or up in weight, if you can't go up and wait, you increase time under tension. Time under tension is the time it takes you to do the exercise, right? Time under resistance. So when you have the bar and you actually take it off the thing, that starts time under tension, right? So the amount of time you're actually doing the workout. So instead of just repping, I'm, now I'm gonna control it. I'm gonna make sure on the way down, I'm going one, two, three, maybe even to five seconds if it's too easy, but I still can't move up weight. You know what I'm saying? So really get a good burn and on the way up, one, two, three. One, two, three, four, five on the way down, one, two, three on the way up. And when, on the way up is faster because you want to explode, you want to press it off your chest, you want to actually create some power um, and actually use the correct muscles push from your chest and uh, focus on that mind to body connection so that you can work the correct muscles and actually try to grow that area. You can't just do your reps, you actually have to Focus and think about what you're doing, why you're doing it, what muscles working, what, what muscle you're actually using when you're lifting. And that's so awesome. What's so awesome about having a trainer like me or you that actually understands what's going on, actually understands how the body works. Because um, if you know how the body works, it's almost like doing nutrition and working out at the same time. If you work out, you're going to lose weight. But if you do really good nutrition and you work out, you're going to lose weight way quicker, right? And better. Same thing with this. If you if you come to the gym consistently and you work out chest, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna gain some muscle and you're gonna get really good at that workout or even in squats or whatever. But if you start doing these little things and actually paying attention to what muscle you're lifting, you're gonna grow it a lot quicker. So anybody who's in a plateau, we have to create different stimulus to the muscles because the only thing that continually grows us is progressive overload to the muscles. So create different stimulus, slow down, the workout, create more time under tension, focus on what muscle you're actually lifting with. Um, go down in rep range, create, um, add more weight to the bar. You know, all these different things allow you to create different stimulus to the muscle and will produce a better result. Yeah. That was some good stuff right there. Man. So, so um, what, what what did you get out of that for the people? So maybe you can get it from a perspective, maybe from the gym. Like, so what 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 do you need to do with your next work? Like, what did you do today that you were able to? How do you relate what you did today to what I'm talking about? Like, when you did squats, what do you focus on? Like mentally, when you're actually doing them. Um, first, I start off with 
the amount of weight, you know, make sure it's enough. It's it's the right amount to where when I hit that uh, that last rep, that it's really crushing. Okay, know, so like, so when you start out, not to cut you off, but when you start out, so how do you know what uh, weight to get to? Like, you know, how how do you know what when that weight is? Like, do you warm up? Like, yeah, what? you always do a few warm ups. I do at least three warm ups before I start. Okay. So. I always start with something, you know, very light just to get all ready. And then I go up probably, you know, 50 pounds at a time around there. Something like that. Okay. And then once I feel like I found my right, the right uh, weight, that's how I get into it. And it just, you, you, it's an overload, but not like a, like a treat, isn't it? But not a burnout because it's just uh, the weight is perfect weight. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And that's exactly what you want to do. You want to make sure that your body's ready ready to do the weight, but that it's not so easy that you don't feel it. Like you said, that last rep or two should be like a struggle. Like it should be like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it shouldn't be like, oh, I'm busting out these reps. Like, oh, that wasn't too bad. You know, that's no, a, yeah. that, that means you're not doing enough. And people, people <laughs> get scared. They don't want to put too much weight because, you know, they don't want to bother someone to, to spot them because mm-hmm. not everyone has a workout partner. Yeah. So, you know, so, but no, that that's not an excuse. Exactly. Not an excuse at all. <laughs> not an excuse at all. <laughs> so, but we got another question that came from a, a woman. Uh, this time she said, uh, what would happen if I only do weight training and no cardio? Will I, I be will I be able to get definition? Oh, that? absolutely. That's where you get the most definition. Now, now, don't get me wrong. You have to stay within your caloric intake, like your diet, your nutrition. Anyways, it has to be on point. You at least can't be overeating on your calories because then you won't really see definition anywhere. You know, you know what I'm saying? No matter how much you work out, if you keep eat overeating, there's no way that you're going to see the definition because you're going to keep gaining that water weight. You're going to keep having that water weight. You're not going to have, you know, you're not going to gain that vascularity, that, defin- that definition. Um, but for females or anybody, lifting weights is really where it's at if you want to define the muscle. Because with, if you keep the same caloric intake, you're not going to... I mean, you'll grow muscle size a little bit when you first start, but once you get to a certain point, if you're not intaking more calories, you're not gonna grow in size muscle-wise, but you will grow big time in definition. And that's why you see some of these people that um, you know, not, aren't even on roids that are absolutely shredded because for a long time they've been on that same weight, eating the same amount of food, they're really staying on point with how much they're actually eating, not overindulging because they don't like to eat or whatever the problem is or whatever whatever you know their set is and now they come out and they look like that because they stay consistent with both of them and they keep and they keep lifting weights and they stay just shredded all year round (laughs) you know yeah man but it it happens for females too because a lot of females i don't know if we have this question in there somewhere but a lot of females think that when they lift weights they're going to get bulky Lifting weights doesn't make you bulky. What makes you bulky is if you are in a lifting program and you're also eating in a calorie surplus. You're not gonna get bigger, bulkier muscles unless you're eating in a calorie surplus. You have to be eating more. You have to fuel those muscles to want to grow more. Naturally, our brains don't tell our body to grow more because you know, we're used to being survivors, right? Used to being K-man, used to being like, oh, I don't eat too much because you know, I don't know where my next meal's coming from. It's not like that anymore, obviously. We're all pampered, yeah, <laughs> but um, 
you know, that's, that's how it works for, for our brains instinctually. So we want to make sure that um, if we're eating in the right caloric intake that you will not grow in huge size, ladies and gentlemen, you will grow in dense muscle. You know, you will look more physically defined and fit. Not toned, because I don't know what toned is. Yeah. It's not really a... <laughs> you got to define, you know, muscle definition, yeah. Uh-huh. You'll get more muscle definition from lifting, for sure. <laughs> All right, next question. So, um, is it possible to sustain a fit body even if your genetics, you know, in, runs in the family that to be overweight? Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, it's it. Sometimes you do have um, family things like high blood pressure, like things that run in the family that are genetically going against you. Um, if you're used to seeing heavier set parents and used to being fed a certain amount of food that's going to be in a surplus your whole life, that's going to make you gain, consistently gain weight, um, you know, you might be already mentally and physically at a disadvantage. But there's a lot of people who are at this genetic disadvantage that have um, issues with it but stay on top of it and they look great. There's a guy named Tom Bilyeu. He's... Um, He's an entrepreneur. He started Quest. He's the guy that started Quest with a bunch of other guys, right? And he started Quest because he was always a bigger guy. Now he's skinny as heck, but he, he eats with the keto diet because it allows him to not eat much, but still eat what he likes because he likes meat and things like that. So keto is low carb. So all, a lot of meats don't really have carbs, right? So he was just explaining, you know, how, how it works and how it's hard for him genetically to stay, you know, uh, uh, fit and small. Like if he starts eating unhealthy a little bit, like he starts bloating up, like his body just automatically, boom, re reverts right back then being like a fat kid, his words, you know? And uh, it's, um, it, it's true, it is hard if you are genetically at a disadvantage and some people are. But I'm saying some people, because we got a lot of obese people, especially just in America, you know, and it's it's a big epidemic in our country. And uh, and and all it comes down to is eating your por eating correct portions, not eating until, you know, you're overly full, just eating till you're satisfied, not hungry anymore. I mean, following your body like I stick to a diet where I pay attention, really pay attention to what I eat Monday through Friday most of the time. I'm on point with it and then on Saturday and Sunday or on Friday and Saturday I eat you know a little bit out of my means if I want to and then on Sunday I get back on track um, and that allows me to uh, to stay where I'm at with my fitness level like stay where I'm at with my body fat you know or cut it even a little bit if I want to you know what I'm saying it allows me to stay within my means and I'm, and I'm good with that but you know if if you're listening to your body, I know for a fact after that Friday and Saturday, if I do eat too much, if I do go a little overboard, I don't always do it. I'm just saying those are the two days. I don't really care if I do. Um, you could feel it on Sunday and Monday. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and then you can also feel the good effects uh, when you eat something good on Sunday and you kind of turn that chip. You know what I'm saying? Because I tell everybody this, like, 
Listen to your body. If your body's feeling like crap and your stomach's feeling like crap, you know you need some greens and you need something that's actually going to flush out your system, something that's actually good nutritional value to it, you know? And it's actual vegetables, fruit, um, you know, even some meat if you're a meat eater, you know what I'm saying? Because uh, some people are going on that vegetarian diet. I don't know how, but <laughs> it is what it is, man. Not my... <laughs> yeah, more power to them is right. That is not my speed but uh yeah you know man i think that i think that it is hard for people with genetics i think that if you have a genetic disadvantage definitely get with someone like myself or roy that can you know walk you through your nutrition walk you through how we can stay on top of this thing and tackle this thing and not let it be a prop because even though you're genetically at a disadvantage that doesn't mean that your your life is screwed and this is the way you got to live always like you're fine we just got to figure out what works for you best. And that's it. It's not a big deal. It's not something that you can't stay fit. It's not something that, oh, am I not ever going to be able to do this because my whole family is it? No, it's not that. It's up to you. It's up to you getting your body right. It's up to you eating the correct things that fuel your body. You know what I'm saying? Like, And there's things that are good for some people's bodies where some people don't react as well, you know, or blow it up a little bit more. So pay attention to your body. Know what works for you, know what doesn't. And when you do, it'll be easier to stay on track. So. Yeah, man, break the cycle. Anybody can do it. All right, man. Let's move on to the next question. So, uh, this one, this one uh, we hear a lot often, man. What should a person do if they are intimidated to join a gym? Oh, this is a good one, man. You know, I feel like a lot of people are really intimidated by a gym, and that's why I encourage people to join somewhere that where they feel welcomed. And it is about the results. It's it's result related, but it's also about being happy and enjoying the atmosphere you're in. Because if you're intimidated, sometimes people don't even want to step foot into a gym because they're already you know low on self confidence or like thinking you know already overthinking like oh my gosh like. What are people gonna think of me when I'm in there? Like I, I can't I can't lift some weight that some people are doing. I'm not gonna be able to do these exercises. You know, all these thoughts come to some people's head. So just stepping into the gym is an accomplishment for a lot of people. You know, because a lot of people are intimidated just by that. So step one, step into the gym to overcome that intimidation. It's like jumping into a pool that's a little bit cold, but isn't too cold. You know what I'm saying? You don't just take a you don't go one toe at a time. You yeah. know what I'm saying? You got to jump in. Just jump in. You're right. So, um, and then when you get there, uh, some people get intimidated because, oh, I'm going to lift some weights and, and you get on like a barbell and you're, you're familiar with it, but you're not very strong because you've only done it for so long, you know, or you're not a very heavy person. So, you know, um, you're a skinnier person that can't really lift a lot of weight. And then you see a guy next to you with three plates on each side, you know, three forty-five pounders on each side, 315 pounds overall, repping out, you know, six to eight reps. And you're like, all right. And I got like, you know, 20 pounds on the bar. So I'm only lifting like, you know, 85 pounds or 60, 75 pounds or whatever it is. And, um, and you're like, all right, like, <laughs> should I even be in here right now? You know what I'm saying? Like, and you'll get that thought. But here's the thing, like, a lot of times, especially guys who are lifting well and actually know how to lift and or have trained before or have gotten trained, nine times out of 10, they will actually applaud you if you're out of shape, if you're a skinny guy trying to get big or even if you're a bigger person trying to get small, like they'll applaud you just for being in the gym. 
and then they'll actually help you. Like they're they're not looking down on you. They're looking like you're you're like inspiring them. Like wow, look at this person coming to the gym. It's awesome that they made it today. Like you wouldn't believe how many powerlifters, bodybuilders I've been around personally, and that's how they feel. They're like wow, and you know they come up after a while, seeing the person work out, let them feel comfortable. They come up and give them a few compliments or a few, and, and then after a while, give them a few pointers maybe here and there so that they build their confidence a little more. And um, so when you're doing this kind of stuff, guys, don't think that a lot of people are looking down on you. Most people, especially the ones that are lifting heavyweight, especially the ones that do look like they know what they're doing that you're actually intimidated by, nine times out of 10, they're more than willing to help you than the person that's just like a regular gym, uh, regular gym guy that's just lifting his arms and has big biceps, but that's it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that guy, like I know that when I'm at, when I was at a regular gym before I started doing my own, before I started PPTC, I would go into a gym and um, if someone needed help with something or if someone didn't really know or was like paying attention to what I was doing and it seemed like they were trying to do it or something, I wouldn't be like, oh, why are you doing my workout or why are you looking at me or whatever? You know, it would be more more about like, hey, man, um, you know how to do this. You know what I'm saying? Like, do you actually know what's going on? Like. Can I help you out kind of thing? And, you know, you could see it boosts your confidence, but I could tell that a lot of people even didn't want to talk to me. And I'm, I I wasn't even that big of a, you know, that that big compared to some guys that are at a regular gym, you know? Because, you know, some guys are even on roids at a regular gym. Just huge. Yeah, exactly. Humongous, man. Scary looking guys. Yeah, big, big dudes. Um, But once again, those guys are still nice. It doesn't oh, mean yeah. just because they're in that kind of shape and that kind of physique doesn't mean that they're... um. They're mean by no means. Everyone you know? has a day one, so right. You gotta start and and a lot of people applaud it. Yeah, exactly. So a lot of they people applaud it. Bigger, they, and they know how hard it is, right? Yep. Anybody who works that hard knows how hard it is to actually work that hard and just get started. at this and just get started, right? And then just get to the gym every day. You know yep. what I'm saying? Because it's not easy, no matter if you take roids or not, to get in that kind of physique. You know, these bodybuilders who are like doing the Arnold Classics and stuff that are taking steroids, like they're. You think it's easy to get how they look? Oh my God. That's like the hardest, that's like almost impossible to stay that ripped, that lean for that amount of time. And they do it healthily. So, and yeah, they go to the doctors consistently. They always get blood levels checked. They get the whole nine yards. Have chefs usually. Work. Yeah, oh, it's amazing to watch, man. It's amazing to watch. So, But if you're intimidated, remember that a lot of those guys that are actually intimidating you will be ready to help you but if you do run into that if you do run into that asshole <laughs> let's just put it simple you know that person that's like looking down at you like oh that's all you got man that's all you can lift or hey you know like maybe you should lay out the cookies you know or some you know just being rude just that person you know first of all forget them you know like i mean i'm using good language here yeah. but <laughs> you know like literally middle finger to them Get the hell out of my face. You know, don't play that game because, first of all, nobody likes that guy. <laughs> no. um, that guy's a douchebag, and you shouldn't be listening to anything he's saying because guess what? You're there for you. Everybody who's at the gym is going at their own pace, just at, like at life. Like, if you buy a house at 27, Roy, and I buy a house at 31, you know what I'm saying? Who's to say you did it better than me or I did it better than you? Everyone has their own journey. Right. Everybody has their own journey. Everybody has their own time. And that's the same thing with fitness. I tell everybody all the time, fitness is a lifelong journey. You're never going to stop needing to do fitness. 
fitness is always going to have to be, you're always going to have to do it, right? So if that's the case, then you shouldn't really worry about where you are or where you started, whether you're 40 and starting, whether you're starting at where you whether you started at 12, were really lean and stay consistent until you were 30 and then slacked for 10 years. Now you're 40. And now it's like, Oh, man, now I'm like way overweight. It doesn't matter. Get right back to it. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where you're at in your journey. There's always a day one. There's always a way to start. It's never the funnest thing. But if you stay consistent and you keep going and you overcome some of these intimidating factors of like, wow, I used to be in shape and used to be able to do these things, but I'm not like, it doesn't matter what you used to be able to do. You're a better person now because you've learned from your mistakes. Now you use that knowledge, use it as motivation and use that knowledge for your nutrition and all that in the future to stay consistent and boom. That's how that's how life works, you know, you gotta learn from your ups and downs. So that's what it's all about, man. But to answer that question, intimidation is a factor, guys, but just step into the gym and put your blinders on, stay tunnel vision, meaning that like literally cup your hands around your eyes so you can't see anybody else. You know, put your earphones in. Or, talk, or bring your friend, best friend, sister, brother, workout partner. Yeah, just stay, stay on Get, track. Man. Yeah, stay focused on what you're doing. Stop focusing on anybody else but what you're doing. Comparison kills. Do your best, and that's all that matters. All right, so moving on to another great question uh, we have here. What are some recommendations to reduce inflammation and soreness after a hard workout? Inflammation and soreness after hard workouts. So obviously, first and foremost, um, stretching. Now, a lot of people have uh, lower back issues, quote unquote, lower back, what they would feel as the lower back, which happens to be the butt. Some people have um, uh, neck issues and happens to be, um, you know, they got to stretch their neck out or even stretch their hamstrings out or even do a uh, a stretch where you just hang your body, stand straight up and hang your body to the floor to um, loosen up your hips, loosen up your lower back, loosen up your spine, loosen up your neck, just let your head hang. You know, all these different things allow you to reduce inflammation and loosen up your body because a lot of times when we feel injured, when we feel out of place, when, when we feel like our body's not working to like, it's full potential it's usually because we're not stretching or like like you know man when you do when you do a leg day and you kill it and then the rest of the day you don't do nothing else like you don't do like a recovery like just work on movement you know with hip mobility movements and things like that or you know shoulder mobility movements if you don't get your body moving or you don't do an actual like full body stretch you know that for three days after that you're still feeling those effects and then, and then in that time frame, we're also doing another type of leg workout, not necessarily a leg weighted workout, but a type of leg workout. So, you know, you always need to feel refreshed. You always need to be refreshed. And especially for any athletes out there, anybody who competes in athleticism, like you need a, a stretching routine all the time on top of a core and like recovery routine. So you should have something you're doing with your bands every other day. If you're, especially if you're a baseball player, um, you should have something that you're doing with your hip mobility every day. You know, you should have something that um, every time before you work out, every time before you go 
a practice, play a game, whatever it is, you should have a dynamic stretch routine you work through just as like a, almost like second nature. Just like how when you warm up on the field, when you're playing ball, Roy, when you warm up and play catch, do you start, how far do you start, 90 feet? Yeah, yeah. not too far. Nah, 90 feet's far, bro. <laughs> 90 feet's first and second. Yeah. <laughs> Roy's like, yeah, bro, I just blow my arm out. Yeah. Nah, you start close, man. You start like 20 feet away, you know, you get it warm, you get everything loose, you know what I'm saying? And uh, then you back up, you know, another 10 steps, do another five to 10 throws, back up another, uh, ten, I mean, not, not 10 steps, 10 feet, and then another 10 feet, and then another 10 feet, and you keep going. Or maybe by 20s, but you know what I'm saying? You keep going a little bit at a time until you get to a long toss, and then you bring it back in, make sure your accuracy's on, you know, yeah, all that kind of, of stuff, you know? But you have to you have to warm up into that. It's it's no different um, for actually getting your whole body to recover. You have to loosen it up every night. You have to loosen it up every day before you go into these routines. You have to keep it loose when you're done with baseball. When you go home after you shower, before you shower, no matter what it is, before you go to sleep, whatever your routine is, you gotta find a time to static stretch. Learn a little bit of yoga, maybe. Some of, some of the yoga stretches are awesome yeah, that you can put into your routine. So, you know, all these different things really help reduce inflammation and um, allow you to become better mobile and also reduce risk of injury because if you're mobile and you're able to do certain things, you know, you won't get as tight up. Like, a lot of times injuries occur or little nagging injuries, like, with like a certain hip or like, oh, a jolt in my hip or, you know, a sciatic nerve pinch. It's usually due to um, muscles being so tight that, you know, the bones start moving around just a little bit and nicking something, you know, like pinching a nerve, like the sciatic nerve. So, um, yeah, we definitely need to work on stretching. I feel like a lot of people miss out on that. Obviously, if it gets super bad and you're super sore and super tight, you can obviously take pain reliever. Ibuprofen's not bad. Um, acetaminophen's not bad, which is Tylenol. Uh, you know, those things are always secondary for me, though. And you can also reduce inflammation uh, through, dif through different types of foods. You know, if you keep the body more alkaline, more basic with vegetables and things like that, your body's able to recover a little better, work a little bit better um, for you, digest things a little bit better, all that stuff. But on top of that, you could take uh, chia seeds, they actually reduce inflammation. Yep. They're known to reduce inflammation the most. I think flax seeds and hemp seeds have a little bit of infl inflammatory processes too, but it's mainly for um, chia seeds, which is pretty awesome. Yeah, that is awesome, huh? <laughs> so, yeah, but there's multiple ways you can reduce your inflammation, but mainly I would start with stretching and making sure that your body's actually loose and ready to go. Okay. All right. See. Uh, a few more. Uh, is it healthy to work out till you, you're almost throwing up? Hmm. Well, all right. So you can definitely work out till you throw up. That's happened multiple times. And but usually, throwing up is due to being a little bit out of shape. You get winded too quick. Da da da. After so long of being in the gym, you want to start learning different things with your cardiovascular system. You want to learn breathing patterns. You want to learn how to breathe properly. You want to learn how to um, conserve your air and your energy when you need to and be able to give that push when you actually have the energy to give that push. You got to learn these different things about your body 
you know, in order to grow in those areas, I feel. You know what I'm saying? I feel like, I mean, some people try to push their limits too much and they just reach, they, they overdo it. It's a, it's a, it's yeah. A, they want to get that, that, that crazy pump, but you don't need right. to get to that point. Of exactly. Exactly. And I always go by this. People always are like, like sometimes they'll come in initially and they'll talk about like, oh, that was a hard, that was a pretty good workout, but I'm not really sore and or it didn't really kill me or I don't really feel, you know, like, like you say, nauseous or like yeah, I'm about yeah, to throw yeah. up. Like that's a bad thing. And I always say, you know, okay, well, any workout can get you sore. I can get you sore with anything. I can, I can make you do whatever it is. You want to do some boxing, whatever. And I can make you sore. But what I want is for you to improve, get better, and actually see the results you're looking for. It doesn't take a good coach, trainer, or a good workout regimen to make you sore. But it does take a good coach and trainer and a good workout regimen to actually produce real visible results that you're gonna see, right? So are you gonna throw up sometimes? Maybe, if we're doing some crazy cardiovascular thing where we're just destroying you that day and we're not really letting you get a rest, sure, there's a possibility. But once you start getting in shape and once you start learning your body and your breathing techniques, I feel that, yeah, there is times you could happen, you might eat too soon or something like that, but once you get the hang of your system, there, you should be able to push without getting to that limit sometimes. Yeah. You know, or at least be able to control it. You know what I'm saying? Be able to slow down when needed. Be able to take some more air in when needed. Know what your body needs. Start really learning it. And that, but to get a good workout, do you need to throw up? That was the question? Basically. Yeah, no. 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 <laughs> Not at all. You don't even need to be technically, quote unquote, sore to get a good workout. Nope. It, it, the reason you'd be sore is uh, from progressive overload. Uh, more resistance, more stimulus to the muscle, those kind of things make you sore. The micro tears, the creating micro tears within your muscle fibers. Muscle fibers. <laughs> uh, okay, so let's see. Ooh, this is a good one. Is it harder for a woman to lose weight versus a man? And how, and where would you recommend they start? Well, a woman can just start just like a man. Listen, they're no different. There's no women workouts. There's no man workouts. There's no specifically related workouts to just a gender. It doesn't work that way with fitness, okay? So, um, uh, and what was, the, what was the other question? That was the second question I yeah, answered. Yeah, uh, is, it, is it harder for a woman to lose weight versus a man? And where would you recommend they start? Basically, a fitness so it's not, um, I, I wouldn't say it's harder for a woman to lose weight. What I would say is that women start, uh, women actually are supposed to have a higher body fat percentage. So naturally, women tend to be in the 20 to 25% body fat range. Um, and if a woman actually gets below 14%, it's actually, I think it's even maybe even 15%, it's actually really bad for their bodies. Believe it or not. So it's, um, yeah, is it harder for a woman to lose weight and body fat? Yes. And in a sense, in a sense, it is harder because they're not going to get as lean or as cut. 
they don't have testosterone to help them out, you know, and, and replenish their muscles and all that stuff. Um, as much testosterone anyways. So for a woman, you're not going to get as small as a man, most likely, because of your body fat percentage where you're supposed to be. And that's natural for a woman because, you know, having kids and their, their body fat percentage isn't supposed to be that low. So, uh, and for a man, and it really depends on also your body type. Like for you, Roy, it's really easy for you to lose weight, but hard for you to gain it. Right. Yeah. So Roy is an ectomorph, which means that he gives off a lot of body heat and it allows him it allows him to um, to uh, uh, burn calories a lot quicker and doesn't really keep body weight on like it doesn't really keep a lot of body weight on. I'm a mesomorph where I'm able to go up or down. Right. I'm very athletic. I got a thicker body type. But I'm not just skinny, but I'm able to build muscle quickly, and I'm also able to cut fat quickly. And then you got an endomorph, which would be like my brother Randy, and he gains fat quickly, right? Yeah. So, um, so uh, it kind of that the body type actually factors in as well. It's not just it's not just gender, and it's not just gender related. Are females at the end of the day gonna have a higher body fat percentage that than a male that works out every day along with her and tries is trying to do the same thing, trim the most body fat? Yes. But is it harder to lose for a woman than a man? Not necessarily, maybe a little bit just based off of testosterone and how a man is able to um have that testosterone for help. Okay. But yeah, man. But uh so is that all our questions for yeah, today? For today, yeah. That's all right, all right, awesome, man. Well this is an awesome podcast. Anybody who's listening to it, feel free to contact us. You can contact us on Instagram at PBTC Fitness. You can contact us. Um, we're on Facebook as well. Um, and wherever you're listening to this podcast, we also uh, have a website, www.pptcfitness.com. You can visit there. We have a lot of information on there and a contact us page to easily get in contact with, with us that way as well. Thank you for everybody tuning in. Once again, if you have any questions, please send them our way. My name is Ronnie Petito. And we'll talk to you next time.